G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. The Story just to tell you one of the many stories that have happened, we looked, for instance, for a civil engineer, somebody willing to come to Peru to supervise the construction of the hospital, somebody to do the whole work free of charge for us. Udo Clemens, he was at home for three days with his wife, praying to God that he would get a special purpose for her life. That very moment when I called, he was sitting in his kitchen praying, wow. and when he came to Peru, he supervised the construction of the hospital for six years. G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to The Story. Well, today we're going to learn about a remarkable hospital in South America. Dr. Klaus Dieter John is the founder and has written a book called I Have Seen God, the miraculous story of the Diospi Suyana Hospital in Peru. The hospital offers healthcare for the indigenous Cachua people in southern Peru and they also share with them about the good news of Jesus Christ. Dr. Klaus Dieter John is having a chat and sharing the story of the hospital with Shelley Scowen. You have had a very interesting life, um, of course, yeah, setting up this hospital. Let's go back to the beginning. Obviously, uh, you trained for a medical career and you got really quite high in that, weren't you? Uh, you trained all around the world. Yeah, and, and even further back when I was a young boy, I grew up in a Christian home. We had no television set at home. Instead, we, we had books, about 2,000 books on shelves and cupboards. And I remember reading books written by a certain Australian doctor, Paul White. Ah, yes. And, uh, well, he spent two years in Africa, and then afterwards he, he published books on his African experience, which were translated into 70 different languages. And I remember reading his books at the age of 13, 14, I thought, wow, what a life. I want to do exactly the same thing. Yeah. And then so I met that's my the jungle. Said, we, sorry, we should say that's the Jungle Doctor series. The jungle, people, exactly. Yeah. The Jungle Doctor series, very popular in these days. And uh, I met my wife, Tina, she was 16, high school sweetheart, and I asked her, what are your plans in life? She said, well, eventually I want to work lifelong as a doctor in a third world country. And that's how we met and we fell in love and eventually we married. Um, so it, it was two people with the same vision and with the same goal in life that fell in love. That is so wonderful. And I think it's such a wonderful aim for two people studying in the medical profession because I can see, and I've heard this, a similar kind of story a few times the last few weeks from different people of, uh-huh. <laughs> of how, how God has called people uh, away from you know the lures of a very lucrative medical career uh, in terms of the fame and the wealth and all the rest and said, no, I want you to go and work in a third world country. That is a sacrifice in some ways, but it's also a wonderful thing to follow God's will for your life. Well, it, 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 it's certainly a great passion for us. And looking back, you know, I have no regrets at all that I didn't pursue a professorship in Berlin, for instance, because what we do has been placed um, by God, and we are able to reach out to hundreds of thousands of poor patients in, in Peru, and it, the best thing that can happen to you in life is to see God at work. You know, and when I wrote down this story a few years ago, I, I'm, the title I, I picked was, 
I have seen God, which means God has become visible to not only to us, but to everybody who hears the story, it's so obvious that there's a divine power at work. Yeah, well, tell us about how you've seen God's divine power at work in your life. Yeah, you know, when we came up with this idea, we visited Peru as backpackers in 91, and we came up with this idea to, to build a modern hospital just as nice as a hospital in 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 Sydney or Brisbane, but for the poor, for the descendants of the ancient Incas, with top-notch equipment. And we thought, how can this be done? Impossible, obviously. But we said, if God will bless this, if he does miracles, it can come about. And just to tell you one of the many stories that have happened, we looked, for instance, for a civil engineer, somebody willing to come to Peru to supervise the construction of the hospital, somebody to do the whole work, free of charge for us. And we looked and looked around, but there was nobody to be found. And then what happened on the 16th of February 2005, I'm in Wiesbaden, my hometown Wiesbaden, right next to a lawyer, and we went through legal documents. And suddenly this lawyer said, well, um, I belong to a Christian charity group with 25 people from all over Germany, and we support an orphanage in Sao Paulo, Brazil. And one of us used to work as a civil engineer. And I got so nervous, I asked him, what is his name? Udo Clemens. Do you have his telephone number? So he gave me the number, and right then there, I made a phone call to Mr. Clemens. And I said, well, we're a doctor, want to build a hospital in Peru. Could you do it? But free of charge. He was at home for three days with his wife, praying to God that he would get a special purpose for her life. That very moment when I called, he was sitting in his kitchen, praying and asking God, is there a special uh, mission for him? Wow. And well, he came to Peru, he, he supervised the construction of the hospital for six years. Wow. And free of charge. Free of charge, exactly. Wow. So, so, his story has been told many times. And for him and for us, obviously, and for many non-Christians even, it has become the, the, the power of God very visible. Mm-hmm. They're sitting somebody at home praying to God, and in another city somebody who doesn't know him gets a hint, a clue, and they call him up, and it's just perfect. Yeah, it's just amazing. And I'm sure that's one of many, many stories just like that, where God has just provided uh, for you time and time again. I know that uh, you ended up getting quite a few corporations as supporting you, but about 50,000 individuals as well are getting well, behind you. Know, up to 100,000 people, oh, really? Christians and non-Christians, <clears throat> who have supported our ministry. Yeah. And 200 companies from many countries have donated the equipment. Most equipment is brand new, so we can offer to the Quechua people, very, very poor indigenous people, uh, basically the same level of treatment you get in, in Brisbane or Melbourne or Sydney. Wow. And uh, patients pay only a fraction of the real value of their treatment. Two-thirds is covered by uh, a support group. And right now we have about a 1,000 people, Christians and non-Christians, who pay um, on a monthly basis and support our ministry. Wow. Do you think it is important that the locals do pay a little bit for their treatment? Absolutely, because we don't want to reduce them to beggars yeah. and have to appreciate the treatment they get. Now, our patients come from far away. There are 25 states in Peru. Peru is quite big, 2,000 kilometers from the northern border to the southern border. And most travel 10, 15 hours by bus to get to a hospital. They line up outside and they get a very good treatment. And every morning at 8.30, we start with a church service. So the first eight years um, of its service, we had we celebrated 1,900 church, uh, church services, 
and 170,000 patients and their relatives and, and friends have entered the church, so 350,000 people have been exposed to the gospel. Wow. And that's the real reason why you're there, isn't it? Well, we, we tell them, you know, we tell the patient in the morning, this is a high-quality luxury hospital for the poor that probably doesn't exist any, anywhere else, but we always lose the fight against death. You will all die, so will we. Only the man of the cross can give us eternal life. Yeah, well, that's the thing. In hospital, it's all about prolonging our earthly life, but that it's eternal life is what it's really all about, hey? Exactly. And now sometimes desperate patients travel 20 hours, they come to a hospital, and now they have perhaps terminal cancer. It's obvious that nobody can help them, but we can always pray with them. We can give them a Bible. We can encourage them. And many, many patients that um, enter the hospital, they leave as, as committed Christians. Wow, that's wonderful. If your hospital there in Peru didn't exist, what would happen to all these people? Is there any other health care available for them? Well, there are government hospitals in, in the major cities. The top is a very corrupt system. Now, um, if you pay to the surgeon under the table a lot of money, you will bypass perhaps uh, the waiting list and then you, well, your corporate is taken out the next week. But the poor patients can't afford this bribery, so they have to wait perhaps four, six months or longer. Whereas we reach out especially to the poor patients, and nobody has to pay bribes to us. And we especially try to reach out to the poor with tender, loving care. And the patients are so grateful, and they realize that these doctors, they don't want to make money here. It's a, it's a passion. It has to do with their faith. You know, the gynecologist is playing the guitar through the church service, and then he, he examines uh, patients' uterus, whatever. So uh, the whole thing it makes sense to them, that Christianity has to do something with real life, and uh, mm. it's not theory. Yeah, that's true. And it's treating people's physical needs before addressing their spiritual needs as well. We, we, we do both. And yeah. everybody got his or her own style, we pray a lot with our patients. We have two pastors, one pastor who usually preaches in the morning and another one who's traveling through the south of the country to visit all the converts and uh, trying to help them to get uh, in touch with local churches. So it works out very well. And the people are so open in Peru when they are exposed to the gospel. They are so thirsty. You know, sometimes in the Western world, we, we can't imagine that People can get so hyped up about reading the Bible. Our second pastor, he was an ex-junkie. Well, he was a drug addict, and he was 22, and then he got a Bible, and he told me, I read the Bible from the first to the last page. I was burning from one page to the next. Hmm. And after he had finished the Bible, you know, 1,000-some uh, patients, he had no, no sensation to, to get more drugs. He was cured, actually. Then he went to Bible school for four years in Lima, the capital, and also working for us and visiting the patients in the mountains and talking to them about Christ. Just recently, uh, you've been able to finish off a school, which is really exciting. Yes, last year we opened the Diospicena School. It has a capacity to enroll 650 students. You're listening to The Story. Today, Shelley Scowen is chatting with Dr. Klaus Dieter-John, author of the book, I Have Seen God, The Miraculous Story of the Diospi Suyana Hospital in Peru. We'll find out more about this remarkable ministry when we return. The Story. 
If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401 132 I'm Jimmy Colfax, and this is The Story. We're continuing with Shelley Scowen chatting with Dr. Klaus Dieter John, who is the founder of the miraculous Diospi Suyana Hospital in Peru. We've been hearing about the remarkable way God worked in the lives of the people who started the hospital. Now we're going to learn more about the Diospi Suyana Hospital, which in the local language means we trust in God. What language actually is it, Dr. Klaus? Well, it's Spanish. It is Spanish. But the Quechua people have their own language. It's called Quechua. It's the language of the ancient Incas. It's completely different from Spanish. Uh, Our nurses are bilingual. They speak speak Spanish and Quechua. Right. Well, I I, I, uh, recognize the Dios part as being God. Dios, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Dios, yeah, means we trust in God in Quechua. Right, and really that lesson of trusting in God has been one that has really caught you uh, right from the very beginning. You were raised in a Christian family, and so you learned to trust in God at a young age. But it was uh, that trust really got strengthened I, I, later that's on. True. I, I grew up in a Christian home. My parents were Baptists. But I remember going to school, later uh, uh, to university, and some of my friends were committed atheists, very intelligent people. And we had endless discussions, and I started wondering whether the concept of God was real or just making things up or wishful thinking. And uh, it was so difficult for me to believe in God. And years ago, it was November. November is an ugly month in Germany. It's, it's, it's windy, it's dark. I was walking across a field, and I was shouting at the top of my voice, God, where are you? I want to see you. And many years later, when I sat down to write down the, the, the history of Diospiciana, I thought, well, the title has to be, I have seen God. God has become visible. And so the story has encouraged many Christians that it's really possible to experience God, that he answers our prayers when we are desperate, and has become a message very meaningful to atheists and agnostics who wonder if there's anything out in outer space, yeah? Or whether everything is just chance. So... I've given over 2,000 talks around the world, and um, many, many people, non-Christians, uh, have been exposed to the story of Diospiciana, and for them it has become a lot of evidence that um, it, there's a good point, trusting God, that God yeah. is real. I think that's one thing that people with an academic mind do tend to overlook. Like they're there looking for the science and looking for the, the scientific proof that God exists, which there is plenty of that as well. But I think they overlook that personal relationship that we can have as well, where, as you say, you know that God exists because you've seen him at work. That is, that is so. And uh, interesting enough, so many other groups have become encouraged by the Ospiciana to start a school or another business in Austria, in a very secular environment. Two ladies founded several years ago a Christian bookshop. They thought, well, if God can build a hospital in Peru, well, he can help us in the secular world here to start a Christian bookshop. And that is still going very well. So I'm very happy that God has used this story not just to help the Quechua people, but in the Western world. 
um, to reach out to a non-Christian audience. Yeah, it, that is really amazing and inspiring other people in their walk with God as well and what God's calling them to, even when it can look quite scary. Yes, but you know, looking back, I must say, now it's a major success story. And when people read the book, I've Seen God, published by Lion Hudson, they, they, they really they read it many times in one session, one night, straight through. Mm. But um, I remember so many times when my wife and I were desperate and we were in tears and we didn't know how to survive the next day. Now, looking back, obviously, we see God faithful at work. But I must tell you, when I look forward to the next week, next year, I always pray, oh God, don't let me down, help me, yeah? So, having seen God at work in your past doesn't mean that you, um, that life is easy mm. as far as the future is concerned. No, you always struggle. You always uh, hope that God will, will interfere and help you and, and, and be real to you. So, uh, I find the Christian life is, is an adventure. It certainly is an adventure. And uh, one thing that I've also found is that God never lets you get too comfortable. You've no, gone over no, there and he no just keeps on life. giving you more more challenges, more projects. And all we have to find more missionaries. Yeah, that's an, another challenge. Yeah. And uh, it would be so, so nice to find 10 nice Australian missionaries, doctors, nurses, administrators, social workers, teachers, IT specialists. We can use almost any profession at our Diospiciana school and hospital. Certainly would be an adventure to go on, I'm sure. Uh, certainly something to be praying about too. What's next for you? Are you still, are you feeling, you know, God's tug to do, you know, the next project already? Yes. Uh, there's an option perhaps next year or the year after to build another story on top of the hospital to double the beds available to, for inpatients. Wow. And uh, I'm always looking for more doctors. We can now see about 25,000 patients per year. It's a very modern medical care, but with more doctors, you could perhaps reach out to 50,000 patients per year. So obviously we hope to grow, and we never want to, to lose the vision, which is uh, mission and uh, helping the poor. So both aspects are very important to us. Mm, definitely. Uh, and it's important uh, concepts to God as well. It's something that he t- speaks about throughout uh, the Bible is the importance of helping the poor and uh, attending to their needs. And whoever wants to get more information, we have an English, Spanish and German website. And usually 600 people click in, visit us on a um, daily basis. And we have uh, in English movies and many newspaper reports. So there are many things to read about on our website. Okay, so www.diospi-suyana.org. All right. Or Hospital Peru. you find it. Mission Hospital Peru, there are hundreds of articles. Oh, you okay. get straight to our website. That's probably easier to remember. Just put it into your search engine, Mission Hospital Peru, and uh, it'll take you straight there. Oh, it's an amazing story, and I, I like uh, your transparency too in you know your own faith journey and how God has built you, and then also built the hospital and uh, all the other things that you've made there in Peru. Thanks so much for having a chat with us today. Thank you so much. God bless. Yeah. Bye bye. That was Shelley Scowen chatting with Dr. Klaus Dieter John, author of the book I Have Seen God, the miraculous story of the Diospi Suyana Hospital in Peru. And what a wonderful story it is.
It was great to hear how God provided time and time again to make the hospital happen, but also grown to be much more than just a hospital. As we heard, many people are coming to know Christ through other parts of the ministry. And as we just heard Dr. Klaus say, you can learn more about this remarkable hospital by doing a Google search for Mission Hospital Peru. Simply type in Mission Hospital Peru and you'll find their website with loads of information, including how to get Dr. Klaus's book. Well, thanks for joining us for Dr. Klaus's story and for the miraculous story of the Diospi Suyana Hospital in Peru. I'm Jimmy Colfax, encouraging you to share your story with someone today. Next time on The Story. Yeah, my sister was in the kitchen with my uh, younger brother. She was um, giving him breakfast and the smoke started coming through into the kitchen. She realised it, she ran in, but she couldn't get me because of the smoke and and, uh, everything else that was going on. And so she did the next best thing. She ran next door, Mom, there's a fire. As my sister had ran out of the house, the door slammed shut, which meant my mum couldn't get back in to rescue me. Peter Gladwin is the author of the book Out of the Ashes, The Restoration of a Burned Boy. Growing up, he was always haunted by the question, why did this happen to me? However, God has entered his life and he is now doing remarkable things all over the world. We'll hear his incredible story next time. The Story. Just another way vision is connecting faith to life.